98FM. Now, that's what I call Sport Podcast. Megan Campbell, welcome back to 98FM again. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having a chat. Now, we're here at the Spar Primary School 5's launch in Dublin. Spoke to Keith Andrews as well. What do you remember about being a young girl growing up playing football as a kid, maybe on the street or in school? Because we both agreed it's not as common now as it was when yourself and Keith, for example, I don't know if he's older than you, but you both yeah. would have been kind of playing football on the streets as I was. Yeah, definitely. I think when I was a kid growing up, you were out on the street playing with boys more so than girls. There was not many girls involved. And um, the whole way up to under 14s, I was playing with boys teams because there was no girls available. Um, so for me, it was a lot different than what it looks like now. If I had the opportunity that the young girls and boys have now with this FAI Five Schools program, I'd absolutely jump on it um, because to get kids involved, it's it's an unbelievable opportunity, and to just expose them to to football, to sports, to keep the kids active, and um, obviously then they go, the winners go to the Aviva and to play in the Aviva. I've not even done that, so to be able to have an opportunity to do that is a, is obviously great. Yeah, you're of course Northern Senior International, and you're playing for Manchester City as well, so a full time professional footballer. When did you, as a young girl, start to realise? I'm actually very good at football and I actually want to be a footballer. I think for me it was more about the enjoyment aspect of it. From eight years old I was playing football. I was also playing loads of different sports. But um, I think 13, 14 I decided, you know what, I've got to pick one here if I want to be serious with it. And because I, my love and most of my enjoyment went through football, I was like, I'm going to choose football. And thankfully it's, it's worked out well for me. So you played up until under 14 in boys' teams. and I was recently chatting to... Um, Rebecca Cook's granddad, Rebecca Cook is playing for Shelburne and she's in the Ireland senior squad for this game against Belgium and, and she was the same, she actually played for our school by club for Belvedere and she was back recently training with the under 16s in the winter time to, to keep herself fit and it's something that when you're a young girl I'm sure you, you have to maybe think a little bit about oh I'm actually playing with boys and then when you realise that you're actually very good there's no problem. It's a very common thing in Ireland at that age for, for girls to have to play with boys. Yeah definitely I think for me anyway it helps like physically because um, you've got to be obviously stronger, tougher against boys and girls to begin with and to have that tough challenge not only uh, being technically good but physically then obviously it's, it pushes you to to improve yourself and to want to keep up um, and from there then you go to a girls team and you feel like that bit ahead maybe if if you've been playing with boys and stuff so it's always great to do as much as you can yeah now we spoke to Megan on the show in the summertime as well at the Aviva Stadium on the day of the, the, the Spar FAI Primary School Fives and she was six months into rehab from a very serious knee injury you tweeted on New Year's Eve, no doubt 2019 will be... Sorry, a fan tweeted to say, no doubt 2019 will be a good year for you. The comeback kid, you tweeted, thank you, next, roll on 2019, which I'm sure was a you know, a reference to getting rid of 2018 and on to the new year. How's the injury and the rehab and the recovery process? Because uh, this fan has called you the comeback kid and the comeback's getting closer. Yeah, I think I, the comeback kid, because I've had so many injuries, unfortunately. But um, yeah, 2018 was a complete write-off for me, obviously not being involved in any aspect of football um, trying to do a lot of rehab to get myself in a position to be able to back, be back training and stuff. Thankfully, I'm able to tell you now that I've been training since last Monday. I've had a full week of training with the team and I'm hopefully just going to build on that and start enjoying football again, being grateful for every minute I'm spent on the pitch and uh, hopefully I'll keep progressing to be getting minutes on the pitch. What sort of words would you use to describe the last 14 months or so since the injury happened last November, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was November 2017. Um, so, completely write-off I would just say yeah it was wasn't the best time for me but I learned a lot about myself as a person um both on and off the pitch so it, it was nice to step like see it from a different side um but yeah it was it was mentally tough more than physically I would say yeah your first season with Man City you won the treble and if we you know speak a lot this year about the Irish international women's team and and you know how close 
you guys came to make it to the World Cup playoffs. I think at the end, finishing six points off the playoffs, but you know, really good. And you started the campaign with a win over Northern Ireland. You scored and got an assist. The second game was also a victory, six points from six. And then very shortly afterwards, you got your injury and you missed the, la- the, the rest of the, the campaign, really, and missed the whole season for Man City as well. So particularly from an international point of view, to have started so well personally and collectively, must have been very hard then to have to watch the remaining games. And when it got to the close, you know, so close to the... To the the playoffs and unfortunately it wasn't to be in the end hard not to be able to help on the pitch yeah definitely I think when you're seeing how well the girls were doing at the beginning of the campaign and then to obviously not be able to be involved and to not help or give a guiding help like to the girls it was it was obviously really tough to take not only um, to be on the sideline but then not to be able to travel or to things like that um, thankfully I had opportunities to go and to stay involved um, through Aviva and through RTE to be able to be on the opposite side of things and to watch uh, the girls play but also do a bit of punditry so for that that helped me mentally to be able to go and still see them be able to compete both away and home um, obviously it's not the same as when you're on the pitch and being able to give your give your efforts that way but um, yeah it, w- it was very mentally tough to not be involved and to not to see the girls suffer towards the end of the campaign and to not be able to and maybe help them in any way I could and certainly up to the last couple of games in the campaign you know things were really good and I was at all the home games and the crowds, every match in Tallah Stadium just built and built and built. I think mm-hmm. twice in the, in the campaign, the home attendance record was beaten as well, which, which kind of shows where the team is going and the momentum that, that, that the team had. And, and you said you did some stuff in the media as well, but kind of not to be involved in, in history-making time, really. And, and I loved the photos of the girls taking selfies and signing autographs. And I think I spoke to Louise Quinn recently and how much of you know, role models you guys are to the, to the young girls coming up behind you. Yeah, definitely. I think when I was a kid, there was... You had male footballers as your role models. Um, you didn't have many female footballers. Obviously, when I started to play competitively, then you you hear about the likes of Emma Burr and Yvonne Tracy, Keir Grant. But before that, there was nobody for me as a kid. And thankfully now, there's young girls out there playing football that want to aspire to be like... Well, it's mad to say that players want to be like me and, and Louise and Katie and, and all the other girls that play for the national team. And so to be able to expose ourselves both on the pitch and to, to give back to the to the fans at the end of the games and stuff is, is obviously great. Um, like you said, the attendances, both two records, which for women's football in Ireland is a big, big deal. And I know a lot of people might say, oh, well, you only had 1,000, 2,000 people. But for from a women's football point of view, that's great for, for our game and to hopefully see it keep progressing. Has that been a conscious effort? It has been, but particularly the home games, the amount of access that the fans are given, and even the media, you know, the FBI have been great with Colin Bell and players. Anytime we've asked for interviews, you know, either abroad or home, we've been able to make calls or meet people and players and stuff as well. But, you know, when you watch the senior men's team play, I know it's, you know, it's a bigger scale and bigger crowds, but there's a real emphasis on having the young people at the matches very involved in, you know, after the match with, with you guys. Is that a, like an FAI thing? Is it a player thing? Is it a manager thing? Because it, it's been very obvious to see that there has been a real collective effort to, to make the little kids involved and, and meet you guys and get their selfies and stuff. Yeah, I think social media platforms have come a long way in the last five, ten years and to be able to use them to our advantage helps a lot because young kids these days are on their phones all the time and stuff like that. So to be able to use those platforms for one, but yeah, like we've got to do everything that we can to promote the women's game if we wanted to improve and as pioneers of the game, then that's what you want to do and you want to see more people being active and being in, involved and stuff and so... From a player's point of view, you want to use your social media platform as much as you can on a positive note to, to influence young players or young girls and boys. Um, then from Colin's point of view, he's obviously quite positive in, in terms of us as a team and trying to help us grow um, internationally, both on like on all stages. Um, and then from the media, 
through the FAI, they've been great in terms of promoting things through leaflets, uh, giving tickets to to uh, primary schools and secondary schools to be able to come along to the games, promoting stuff online, like putting the games on RTE. Like there's a big contract gone out between them, so you know it's great to see the progressions are there, and hopefully it will only keep um, keep growing. Yeah, we're on the morning as well. We're speaking during the week, but this goes out on Sunday. The girls in green are playing their first international of the new year. You won't be involved in this one, but you're hopeful to be involved in the next couple. And again, the manager has picked a couple of younger ones for their first call-ups, and he's probably got the time this year to do a little bit of experimentation because the Euro 2021 qualifiers next year will be the real ones where, again, he wants to know his best team. But the girls are back in action on Sunday. Yeah, they are. They play Belgium away in La Manga. Um, in a friendly tournament, I don't think it will be too friendly in, in Colin's terms because everything's competitive for, for us now. But it, it's great to give the young girls exposure to see what it's like to be in a training camp with the first team, to maybe even get some minutes and make their debut, just to to have them have no pressure as such because it's not like a fixture that you need three points. And so it takes that bit of pressure off them. Obviously, they'll still have a bit of pressure on them because they're in the first team and it's around players that they would have aspired to be like and now they're around them but I think it's great overall for, for us as a nation to see how many young players are and the quality that they have that they can bring to the team now and your plans are to be back in that famous green jersey at some stage in the next couple we're trying to find out it's either three or four friendly games that the team have in the next while as well but no competitive ones but to be back uh, playing and have you been able to, to picture that moment putting the jersey on after so long without it? Yeah, I think every time you put the jersey on it's obviously a proud moment not only for me but my family and for everyone involved to be representing your country um, Colin's obviously been involved and talking to me and texting me and stuff and seeing how I am which is obviously nice to see that you know those people still have that that care and that behind you and they still trust in you and your abilities and and so I'm looking forward to being back into the team hopefully the end of February start of March um, trip away to Marbella I'll um, be involved with the squad and, and meet up with the girls again it's been a long 14 months so I'll, I'm sure I'll see a lot of new faces and stuff and have to introduce myself all over again but um, I'm looking forward to it yeah yeah just speaking of those new faces as well what age were you when you were first in the Ireland senior squad I think I was 16 just turned 17 uh, maybe I'm not too sure. I know it was a long time ago back in Tolka Park when I when I made my debut against Switzerland. But, um, yeah, it's just great memories of being involved with the team. Obviously, you're quite shy to begin with because you don't know many people and you're quite reserved. But when, once you get playing and you're out on the, the pitch and you can express yourself, that's when you see the true, true uh, kids coming to life and it's great to see them. Yeah, because the reason I'm asking is this squad that's playing the game later on, there's lots of younger players in it and it's certainly since Colin Bell has taken over he has picked 16 year olds 17 year olds I think maybe even the odd 15 year old maybe not to play but as you said to be around the squad and, and you know if you're a young girl in Dublin you're 13 or 14 and you're listening or, 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 or watching us at the moment and you're a good footballer there's a real chance that if, if you're spotted you might actually be in a senior squad very early which is, isn't always common in kind of men's football or the senior team but certainly with the women's team under Colin if you're good enough you're old enough and he's managed the under 17 women's team as well so he's kind of seen the better ones from 15 up and, and he's picking them yeah definitely I think it's important to to not only look at look at the most experienced players within the national squads but to use the youth and if they're talented enough bring them up because why not you know I think in the past years they used to keep under 17s, 19s and seniors separate because the com- competitions were a lot different yeah it's a step up but I mean it, in my opinion if the players are capable then have them involved yeah they might not play but to have them involved in the training sessions and to give them that exposure that they could then vitally use in years to come then it's obviously going to be great for us as a national team Yeah we've spoken about the hopes to qualify for 
the World Cup this year now, 2019, that hasn't happened, unfortunately. But I was having a look this morning. Euro 2021 is in England in a couple of years' time. 16 teams will play. England qualify automatically. So I think there's, there's 15 teams to qualify from uh, a possible 47. So the nine group winners, I think it's the three best group runners-up. And then the other six runners-up go into playoffs. I know it's a long way away yet, but that's the next aim. And that's what the preparations of all these games are for. That's hopefully that is the first tournament that we make, the fact that the World Cup hasn't happened. Yeah, definitely. I think... Like I said, even though Belgium now, this Sunday, is, is only a friendly, it's not really, because it's looking towards that campaign, which the draws on February 21st this year, and the competition uh, starts in August. So for us, the momentum is to build up towards that campaign. Um, we have to look past the unfortunate um, events that occurred, obviously not making it to the World Cup and stuff, but now our focus has to switch to Euros and to be able to qualify for our first major tournament. Well, that's the reason why I couldn't find fixtures for later in the year because they're not out yet because the Euro yeah. qualifiers start this year. So it really is important for these games to go well and for you as well to get back and try and get in that team. Megan, just finally, you're playing for Man City at the moment as well and you're living in Manchester. You've lived in America before in college and, and that sort of stuff as well. Again, for young people listening, what is life like as a, a female professional footballer playing in the Women's Champions League, which Man City are playing in the Women's Premier League? There's an FA Cup, there's you know, loads of competitions and, and Man City are one of the top teams. Yeah, it's obviously great for me. As a kid, I aspired to be a professional footballer and that's all I wanted to do. And so to be able to carry out that career and um, be involved with such a major team is an unbelievable opportunity for me and something I cherish every day. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've been given by Nick and to to you know give me that chance as a young player coming back from America to play at, for Man City as my first professional team. And I think I'll always be grateful for that opportunity that he's given me and the club I've given me. Um, when you're there the facilities are unbelievable the the coaching staff's unbelievable like so you, you're being exposed to the to the best of the best um as such and yeah it's just a great opportunity that i've been given and it's one that i'll um always cherish yeah arsenal chelsea and man city the top three at the moment in that league as well um when you're you know involved in the games and stuff you know we see over here the women's national league some of the crowds are quite good other crowds are not so good and we've spoken about you know the the senior team playing and how big those crowds have been what type of crowds are you guys playing in front of as well, atmospheres? And then when you go to Europe, I'm sure it's a step up as well. I think City were knocked out this year in the last 32, but playing the Champions League as well is a, is a fantastic thing to do. I'm sure playing in different places around Europe. Yeah, definitely. Like playing international football, it gives you the exposure of like playing against top clubs all around Europe. Um, you're playing the best of the best as such. And unfortunately, we lost uh, to Atletico Madrid this year. And previously, we've lost to Leon, the eventual winners. So you're, you're giving yourself the opportunity to play against the best players in Europe. Um, if not around the world um, so it's just a great opportunity for us as a team we've won and finished top two this season like you said we're, we're top of the table now but Arsenal are right behind us with a game in hand um, and it might come down to the last game of the season where we play them away from home so um, it'll be a tough game for us but just to, to have the opportunities playing Champions League playing in the FA Cup in Wembley like it's things that you only dream of as a kid and so to be able to say that I'm able to do them is obviously unbelievable. Yeah, and the final of Euro 2021 as well. Hopefully Ireland will make the tournament. Maybe if you make the final is in Wembley as well, which would be an amazing place to, to go and watch the girls in green playing in, in a couple of years' time. Now, Megan, I'm a Liverpool fan. You're obviously a Man City person. Uh, who's going to win the Premier League? Pep? Uh, Pep or Jürgen? Definitely Pep. Uh, you have to say that. Yeah, nah. It's definitely going to be Pep in my opinion. I think, yeah, they're four points off, but they're, they've won the, the league. They're well experienced. They've got a lot of players who are capable of they've of playing they've got nearly two 11s that they can play they're in all four tournaments still um and so i think my hands down i think it's going to be pep 
four points behind you, but we're coming for you. Mm-hmm. No, no, hopefully not. Um, being at Man City and having the men's senior team at that level, the manager at that level, the style of play, there's one game recently where like they're under pressure in their own box and the keeper to the centre-back, back to the keeper, to the other centre-back into midfield. Yeah. It's like incredible to watch. Is that a style that's expected of your team as well? And, and you know, I'm sure you, you, you get to see the senior team play sometimes as well to be able to watch that and learn from it and see it as a full-back yourself and... You know the bravery they have to get on the ball and play is something I'm sure is is, is nice to to watch and be almost involved in. Like, yeah, I think Pep's instilled an unbelievable philosophy within them. Uh, like Man City, the whole way through the academy, they've pushed that to be technical, be good on the ball, and and be there for your teammates. And you can see it when it when you see it come off on the pitch, it's obviously unbelievable. And and Nick does drive that too. You know, to to play our passing game and to play our our technical game because when you do it at a high level and you do it fast and you do it uh, good, other teams can't compete with you and, and then it's all about just finishing the chances that you do get. Yeah, the Inside City documentary on Amazon Prime was a real insight and, and you know interesting look at, at the club and stuff and, and I know you guys would, would kind of be quite similar as well. The facilities and, and everything around the place is, is unbelievable and, and I know the women's team as well get you know as much options in terms of all of that stuff as the men's team as well and uh, like apart from on the football pitch all the other stuff around gives you a real good opportunity to, to be a pro like yeah definitely I think there's nothing that you can say that isn't given to you in order for you to perform at your best at City um, everything is uh, given to you you've got every facility like you said you've got food you've got nutritionists um, there's psychologists there's physios there's doctors uh, everything there that, that you need to be able to compete at the best level and, and to win trophies Megan, finally, you uh, got a, a master's in social science in Florida before you've come back to play as a professional as well. That gives a great kind of background to if injury or if when you retire and stuff as well. And, and that was something you definitely chose to do to go away and get an education as well. It's not something that every young footballer does, male or female as well. Was that a conscious thing in your head that you wanted to do? And since you finished college, have you done any other types of education things? And is there a plan to do more and maybe, you know, have a foot in, in another industry if and when you might need it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's something as a female footballer that from when I was in college, it's something that you had to look at because women's football was so far off the men's and, you know, if football doesn't work for you or it doesn't last as long, you, the the income isn't going to cover you for the rest of your life. And so it's something that I had to look into was to do um, education for something to fall back on. Then obviously through injuries and stuff, I've I've had a bigger look at it and things like that do pop into your head all the time like what if I don't I finish playing now because I've injured or what if this injury stops me from being able to finish out my career as a footballer like what do I do next and um, it's obviously something to fall back on for me I think I will use it in the future um, in terms of going down the like sociology route and stuff like that but for now I just want to focus on playing um, I have done my up to my youth cert in Ireland when I was in Carlo um, doing that sport and exercise course which was great and then I went to America and I've come back and at City I've started to do my way for B so yeah there is other options outside of football for me but my main aim is to just play as long as I can and hopefully uh, no more injuries for me Megan Campbell thanks a million best of luck and we're looking forward to seeing you back on the pitch soon thank you appreciate it 98 FM now that's what I call sport get the full show every Sunday morning from 9 only on 98 FM